Major funding for NJ Spotlight News is provided in part by NJM Insurance Group, serving the insurance needs of residents and businesses for more than 100 years, and by the PSCG Foundation. Tonight on NJ Spotlight News, Governor Murphy delivers his annual state budget address, promising major investments to address affordability concerns in the state. It is a budget that delivers on the promise we have made to the people of New Jersey since day one. A budget that will make life more affordable for more families by lowering costs and increasing opportunities. Also, the Republican Party responds, reacting to the governor's new $55.9 billion spending plan as New Jersey battles the rising cost of living. So let's be honest, call speed speeds and tell the taxpayers what's really going on. Plus, from anchor payments to education and transportation spending, our team breaks it all down, taking a deeper dive into the governor's budget priorities for fiscal year 2025. Our big portion is going to fund uh, education in addition to K through 12 public schools, there's a pre-K component. There's also more money being set aside for property tax relief for seniors. And looking for a musical instrument or a telescope? Don't want to buy it though? Don't worry, the Hoboken Public Library now has you covered offering a library of things. This falls squarely in our mission to serve the needs of the community and what I think is a creative, unusual and delightful way. NJ Spotlight News begins right now. From NJ PBS Studios, this is NJ Spotlight News with Brianna Venozzi. Good evening and thanks for joining us this Tuesday night. I'm Brianna Venozzi. Governor Murphy proposes a massive $55.9 billion spending plan, delivering his fiscal year 2025 budget address before a joint session of the legislature today at the State House in Trenton. It's a little over a billion dollars more than last year's record high spending, pledging to fully fund the public education system for the first time in state history and give more than $3 billion in tax relief back to residents, with more money for retirees and families with young children. But the item that's getting the most attention, especially from business groups, is a proposed corporate transit fee, a permanent tax on businesses in the state earning more than $10 million in profits to create a dedicated source of funding for New Jersey Transit, which is staring down a fiscal cliff. Here's what Governor Murphy had to say today. We all depend on the working New Jerseyans who have had our back during hard times and who deserve leaders who have their backs as well. So it is for the working and middle class families of New Jersey that we have crafted our proposed budget for the 2025 fiscal year. It is a budget that delivers on the promise we have made to the people of New Jersey since day one. A budget that will make life more affordable for more families by lowering costs and increasing opportunities a budget that balances the responsibility of spending within our means while stretching every dollar to lift up our neighbors in need. And it is a budget that will protect our fundamental rights and freedoms, from voting rights to reproductive rights, bless you, and to every right in between. Our proposed budget will once again lower costs for middle and working class families, as well as seniors, 
by providing another round of historic tax relief. And that includes the single largest property tax relief program in our history, the Anchor Program. Last year, it provided more than $2.2 billion in direct relief to millions of homeowners, renters, and especially seniors. But Anchor is not the only program that will help keep New Jersey, it will help New Jerseyans rather save money on their taxes. Our budget will also provide over $700 million in direct relief to New Jersey families through the child tax credit, the child and dependent care tax credit, and the earned income tax credit, among other programs. And for And for seniors, our budget will invest $200 million more into the Stay NJ program, led by Speaker Coughlin. Thank you, Speaker. Which will make it, yeah. Which will make it even more affordable for grandparents to stay close to their kids and grandkids right here in New Jersey. Our budget will fund a new program we are calling Retire Ready NJ, which will provide nearly every worker particularly those who don't have a pension or a 401k, an option to invest in a retirement savings plan. And I want to thank the legislature for making New Jersey one of the only states in America to offer this opportunity to our families. <clears throat> and what's even better, enrolling in Retire Ready NJ is entirely free. So you can start preparing for a dignified retirement at no extra cost. In counties like Cumberland, Atlantic, and Essex, more than one in five households with children struggle with food insecurity. Let's be clear, no child in New Jersey should ever go hungry. And our budget... Amen. And our budget will help prevent that injustice by investing $30 million more into providing free school meals to 60, 60,000 additional children. You cannot put a price tag on the health and well-being of our children. I believe this is the most sacred investment that we can make. And for that very same reason, I am honored to report that the single largest investment in our budget is dedicated to New Jersey's best in the nation public education system. Our budget... Our budget... <laughs> Please remain standing. Our budget will increase funding in New Jersey's public schools by more than $900 million. And with this funding, and with this funding, our administration is officially delivering on a promise we have made since day one. We will be the first administration in our state's history to fully fund New Jersey's school funding formula. And with our budget, we will build upon this economic momentum by creating new opportunities for young New Jerseyans to launch their careers, especially in fields that continue to see critical workforce shortages, like education and healthcare. Our budget will provide funding for student-teacher stipends 
to help aspiring, yeah. To, to help aspiring educators begin their careers, as well as $5 million for New Jersey's teacher loan redemption program to provide student loan relief to educators throughout our state. And our budget, and our budget will also invest $5 million into creating a new nursing workforce initiative. It will help address our nursing shortage by recruiting and supporting aspiring nurses across New Jersey, from helping pay off their student loans <laughs> they said from helping pay off their student loans to funding training grants. With our budget in that spirit, we are co committing to ending veterans' homelessness in New Jersey once and for all. We will invest We will invest over $30 million over the next two years to ensure every veteran has a safe, dignified place to call home. And for veterans struggling with the disease of addiction, as well as every New Jerseyan struggling to find their own path to recovery, our budget will also invest tens of millions of dollars into combating the opioid crisis. Now, we are already making... We are already making progress in saving lives from opioid use disorder. Last year, we saw far fewer of our neighbors die from a suspected drug of overdose than the year before. But let me be clear, any precious life lost to the disease of addiction is one life too many. Last month, as an example of our leadership, we announced two of the largest offshore wind projects ever in America. They're going to be built 40 miles off the coast of Atlantic City and create over 4,000 good-paying, overwhelmingly union jobs. You know, yeah. You know, it's funny, I'm not getting any more complaints. There must be no whales 40 miles offshore. Just making sure you're paying attention out there, because I am. So New Jersey is racing toward our goal, one of the most ambitious goals in America, to run on 100% clean energy by the year 2035. And to ensure we meet this goal, our budget will also invest $40 million into modernizing our state's energy grid, an investment we plan to double through federal match funding. So that means... That means we are literally going to put thousands of electricians, engineers, construction workers, and more to work so they can build the literal foundation for New Jersey's clean energy future, a future that will be hand-built by the finest union workers in all of the land. As our friends in the press are fond of reminding me, I have said many times that I would fix NJ Transit even if it killed me. Bear with me. I appear to still have a pulse, but better yet, I have a new proposal to support NJ Transit for years to come. Today, we are proposing a corporate transit fee. It will provide a dedicated funding stream for NJ Transit at no additional cost to our working families. With the with this with this fee, we're going to ask the biggest corporations with net incomes greater than $10 million to support NJ Transit's future.
Senior political correspondent David Cruz was in the chamber for the speech, and he's at the State House now with Republican Budget Officer Declan O'Scanlan for more on the GOP's response to the new budget. David. Yeah, Brianna, uh, Republicans, as you might expect, uh, reacted to this budget with some skepticism. We spoke to Senate Budget Officer Declan O'Scanlan, who called it tragic. $56 billion-ish. Uh, initial reaction from you? Uh, look, it's more of the same. This is kind of a coasting budget, and I appreciate some of the things we're doing. I, we all believe in mental health and, and addiction services. That's all great. But look, this is a continuation of missed opportunities by this administration. And in this era where we had so many opportunities to remake our budget, to make sure that it was long-term uh, uh, solvent and sustainable, we haven't done that. We, this year alone, we're spending down our surplus by $2 billion. That is not a good sign. That's an indication you have a multi-billion dollar structural budget deficit. How will these things be sustained when the federal pandemic money is gone, the $4 billion that we borrowed that we didn't need is gone? That's a problem. So also in there, I mean, as far as big ticket items go, uh, universal pre-K is going to be fully funded. And the school funding formula, he says, for the first time will be fully funded. We heard a lot of talk about needing to Let's blow that up. that because I don't think the governor actually uh, apparently understands the, the school funding formula and the budget. He said it's going to the extra $900 million is going to benefit every kid and every taxpayer in New Jersey. That's absolute garbage. And, and to be fair, I've already spoken to the administration. They're willing to talk about this. 140 districts uh, are being cut. And the, tell that, when the governor says these are going to benefit kids' education, every kid and every taxpayer, tell that to the kids in the 140 school districts where they're losing music and they're losing art and they're losing sports. It's a disaster. It's been a disaster for these districts for the last three years. And this administration's had nothing to help them. That has to be fixed. It's a serious flaw, a serious misunderstanding on the part of the governor. And by the way, if he's going to claim that increasing school aid cuts property taxes, in almost half the districts, we're either increasing by less than the rate of inflation or outright cutting. He's got to accept that he's increasing property taxes. It's a, it's a potential disaster for these school districts. So it, it, you've got to uh, refund, uh, reform the, the whole funding formula, you're saying? The school funding formula dates back to uh, 2006, 7, and 8 yeah. it was formulated. It is so outdated, it, claiming now that we're going to fully fund it is not a great achievement. It shouldn't be seen that way by the voters because it's an old formula. It should have been reworked over the last five years. We haven't done that. This administration has not made sure that has happened. That is a huge missed opportunity. What's your uh, feeling about this? It's called now a corporate transit fee uh, that will be dedicated specifically to New Jersey Transit. And this is a kind of new version of the corporate business tax surcharge, except it's going to affect companies that are making over $10 million. Yeah, whatever. We all pay it. Corporations don't pay taxes. People pay taxes. These corporations are going to increase prices. They're going to do whatever they need to do to make that whole. So that that's, that. I'm sorry, I just don't believe it. Now, this was the same CBT surcharge uh, that the governor a year ago was, was saying he should be credited for letting lapse. And now, a year later, after Republicans said this probably would happen, by the way, uh, we're back and it's going to be it's going to be reinstated. We could have solved New Jersey Transit's problem by again over the last few years remaking our budget, reforming another round of pension and health benefits reform that even labor is clamoring for 
uh, would have helped bend the curve, probably save billions of dollars. Throw in the school funding formula reform, where we also could probably save billions, we would not have had to raise any of these taxes. We could have also eliminated the regressive taxes on the middle class that are happening in this very budget. The increases in tolls and taxes and fees and labor that the governor likes to say doesn't exist, but nonetheless, in his own budget, you can see it. Two uh, big programs that are intended to be uh, tax savers for folks is uh, the anchor program, of course, that's going to be refunded. Uh, and then money put into the Stay NJ program, which I know is one of your favorites. Uh, it's going to put some money into it. It doesn't kick in until 26. But tell us how much you, you love Stay NJ. Stay NJ, is it worth the press release paper it's printed on? It was an election year gimmick. Uh, and the funding we're putting in now is pennies of what's really going to be needed over time. It ain't never going to happen. Mark my words, it certainly won't happen in the form that the governor and the legislature are claiming it's going to happen. It's just not happening. Anchor, it's good that we're fully funding Anchor, but we're also, in the same time, there's a $150 million cut to aid to municipalities in this budget, which is going to increase property taxes on everyone. Uh, so let's be honest, call spades spades, and tell the taxpayers what's really going on. As has been the case for some time, Republicans are going to have little to do with the outcome of this budget, but they expect to keep railing against it until it finally passes, probably in the late hours of June 30th. I'm David Cruz. We're in the State House. Bree, we'll send it back to you. Okay, thank you, David. So how does the governor get the legislature on board with this new transit proposal and the budget? I'm joined in the studio by senior writer Colleen O'Day and budget and finance writer John Reitmeyer. Good to have you both back on set here. John, let me come to you first on this corporate transit fee. What are the nuts and bolts? And it sounds a lot like this former <laughs> corporate business tax surcharge. It's not a surcharge, but it certainly uh, looks a lot like one in, in many ways. So that surcharge that we used to levy in New Jersey on top earning businesses uh, for the last several years went out on December 31. This new one would actually start retroactively on January 1. But instead of hitting companies with uh, net profits over 1 million, it will hit companies with net profits over 10 million. That's a key difference because the pool shrinks from a couple thousand companies to just a few hundred companies. But the way that this tax rate, a two and a half percent rate, which is the same rate of the former surcharge, the way it will be applied, it will generate around the same amount of money that was projected from the former surcharge, which is about a billion dollars, of which the governor wants to dedicate as a funding source for NJ Transit, which will be subject to the legislature's approval and kind of the budget process as it plays out. Which is what we've heard folks, advocates beg for years to have a dedicated source of funding for that. Colleen, though, um, is this a budget that it, the legislature can get on board with? It seems like a lot of the programs are carrying over. Um, is the governor going to be able to get everyone together on this? I mean, I think given the, you know, the, the problems that we're seeing in the economy and, you know, the tightness of this budget as we understand it, uh, I'm not sure that there's a lot more that the, this governor can do. Certainly, if we're talking about school aid and fully funding that school aid formula, there's going to be some legislators and some districts who are thrilled and a lot more who are not going to be thrilled because they're going to lose money. So those legislators, I presume, are not going to be voting for anything like this. But, but I would think that most of the Democrats are going to be behind this. 
John, what else stood out to you? Because it looks like the state's going to have to tap some of the record surpluses that were built into previous budgets in order to achieve this. Did that stand out to you? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's going to be beauty is in the eye of the beholder for this budget in, in a lot of ways. And that's one of the ways, right? Because you're seeing budget reserves basically drawn down in order to sustain a spending increase. But where is that new money going? Most of it, or a big portion, is going to fund uh, education. In addition to K through 12 public schools, there's a pre-K component. There's also more money being set aside for property tax relief for seniors. So that's, we're told, still coming, but they're squirreling away money to be able to try to afford that. So at, at, on one hand, you are seeing things like the surplus reduced, and you're seeing spending go up at a rate that's higher than any growth in revenues right now, uh, which is a concern. On the other hand, uh, full funding of the anchor program so it can be carried over into new year, funding for education, funding for mass transit. So a lot of things that a lot of groups in New Jersey would be happy to see funded at the levels that, that we see them in the governor's budget. Colleen, affordability, of course, has been Governor Murphy's tagline in every speech we've seen him give. He's now got two more years left in office. Is he getting closer to that with what we saw laid out today? Well, I mean, he's not he's not cutting any of the programs, which, again, as John points out, when you don't have uh, when you're spending more really than your revenues are, are increasing, that's an issue. Um, so at least he's not cutting that back. I mean, we have promises that there's going to be uh, this N uh, stay NJ program coming in probably early 26. Uh, but we're still far away from that. So, I mean, there's there's a little bit more coming in, but it, it, there's certainly nothing huge that I think we've seen in this budget. All right, Colleen O'Day, John Reitmeyer, thanks for being with me. On Wall Street, stocks were mixed today. Here's how the markets closed. Finally tonight, we're used to checking out a trove of books when we head to the library, but visit a local branch and you'll find you can take out so much more. Libraries of things are the new trend, where cardholders can check out a range of goods from small appliances to a power washer. Little something for everyone. Ted Goldberg has the story. We have a power washer. Who would have thought you could borrow a power washer from a public library? The Hoboken Public Library has books, but you probably knew that. Their other stuff might surprise you. We have everything from an OG Sega Genesis video game to our, one of our very popular items, electric knife sharpener. Their library of things has all sorts of inventory that might come in handy, like a stud finder or a cornhole set. You live in a very small apartment in Hoboken. You don't have the space. Well, we'll store it for you. If you're wondering why a wet-dry vacuum is here, too, director Jenny Poo says libraries need to adapt to the people who go there. And it might be easier to check something out and use it for two weeks than it would be to buy it and store it. We're always finding new ways to serve the community. This falls squarely in our mission to serve the needs of the community and what I think is a creative, unusual, and delightful way. A library of things can also serve as a trial run for people who want to invest in older technologies. They don't want to buy like a $70 record player, so they're like, let me just try it out and see if I actually want to listen to this on vinyl or not, or I just want to keep it as a pretty decoration in my apartment. People have old tapes they want to be able to play, and 
A lot of people don't have a VHS player anymore, so why not borrow from the library? And if you're more interested in non-Earth activities, a few libraries can hook you up with a telescope. I have been able to see Jupiter and the rings around Saturn, so I've been able to see the moon, the craters on the moon, so you'd be surprised. I think urban stargazing is becoming a thing. The telescope is really popular because oftentimes folks want to um, test something out before they purchase it. A couple of counties over in Morristown, Assistant Director Mary Lynn Vexa also helps people check out Wi-Fi hotspots and snowshoes. We like to surprise people here at the library and it's just a great conversation starter for us. It's a great way to get people excited about visiting the library. Their library of things covers all seasons. Our most commonly borrowed item is our metal detector, which people like to take to the beach. It sometimes comes back with sand. And they cater to anyone who likes to play with bubbles, play pickleball, or parse out if their home is haunted. For um, all of you ghost hunters out there, the, uh, the EMF meter uh, is really a fun thing to borrow. We have a huge jigsaw puzzle lending collection, and we are cataloging board games. Cherry Hill's library of things includes a seed library for aspiring horticulturists and American Girl dolls. It's always, always for me about making your public library relevant. Director Laverne Mann says they have more than 20 musical instruments, allowing folks to find new passions for free. They and their grandson played them horribly, but did they have the best time together? They sure did. It's kind of thrilling to, to see their faces light up and say, I haven't touched a mandolin in years. I, I can't wait to check it out. There's no cost to access these libraries of things. You just have to ask your local library for a card and you can start stargazing, gardening, or ghost hunting, if that's your thing. For NJ Spotlight News, I'm Ted Goldberg. And that does it for us tonight, but don't forget to download the NJ Spotlight News podcast so you can listen anytime. I'm Brianna Venozzi for the entire NJ Spotlight News team. Thanks for being with us. Have a great evening. We'll see you right back here tomorrow night. New Jersey Education Association, making public schools great for every child. And RWJ Barnabas Health, let's be healthy together.